and there's no there's no right way specifically. There's several wrong ways, and I can we can talk about that a whole okay. other day, a whole other day. But you know, the main thing is you know, just do your best job as a promoter. Do the best that you can. If you make a mistake, it happens. We're humans. Even computers make mistakes. Episode 121, Tank Slapping Podcast. This pod, we've, want, we've been wanting to do this for a while. We're going to do a promoter's pod. We're going to kind of, um, on social media last week, I took questions. And myself and Robbie Bobby on the other side, we're going to answer your questions. Rob? I'm pretty excited, man. Uh, it's it's going to be neat because you and I obviously have promoted several races before. Um there's obviously uh, I'm just waiting because you know I'm, we're pretty good friends with most of the other promoters, but I'm sure there's going to be some that squeak in. They're like, "No, that's not how you do it," or "You don't need to do it like that." So, anybody out there promoting, just because you might not agree with what myself or Corey say, because I might not agree with everything Corey says. So, there's really no right answer. But I guess we're just kind of fielding some random questions, like you said, cold turkey. So, uh, so yeah, you want real and authentic? You're about to get it. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I don't have any issues with any other promoters. Like I think in promoting races from my point of view, um, there's some like little bit of rivalries between certain promoters, but on my end of it, a rising tide raises all ships. Like if there's multiple, multiple good races, it just grows the sport. And then they, that makes you want to, um, you know, up your game up and, and promote these races. The only thing that gets tricky is when they, um, when the dates overlap. So as long as there's communication and no one tries to be a D bag about putting their dates out and things like, we'll, we'll get to all that. But, um, generally speaking though, yeah, like, you know, multiple good races is, uh, is a good thing. So, so we'll get into it here in a sec. I want to shout out a couple sponsors and we'll start with these questions that we got from the fans Big shout out, as always, first and foremost to Mission Foods. Really excited to have them supporting our podcast, supporting the industry. We just announced yesterday that they are the title sponsor of the Moto America Mini Cup Series, which I'm involved with. So really cool to continue that partnership with uh, Mr. Gonzalez and Satish and John and everybody over at Mission Foods. There's a big team of people there. If you can, go out, buy their products, local grocery store, online, support Mission Foods. And a big shout out as well to Gary Gray, Indian Motorcycle. Since 1901, Indian Motorcycle has been the choice of riders who make their own rules. There are, there's a hefty lineup of motorcycles, the FTR Rally, the Scout Bobber, the Scout 60, the Chief Challenger. So many great motorcycles Indian um, is putting out. So go test ride one and take a couple home. Uh, with that being said, Rob, let's let's get into... Dive in. Let's dive in. So I'm going to, I'm just going to read these cold Turkey. Um, I just screenshotted them pretty much. I didn't even really, are you getting, can we give names too? So we can kind of see who we're talking to and answering. Some of these are like, I don't even know all the names for these. So if it, if it, if it deems necessary, I guess, but, um, what's the first one? Let's go. um, I'm I'm excited. This one's kind of broad. Some of these are, but I'll let you answer it. What is the first step in becoming a promoter? Mm. Well, for me, back in the day, uh, gosh, I, I can answer this. I what is your first race, too, you. actually? What was your first race? Oh, shit, dude. Uh, some racing at Five Flag Speedway, actually. As I used to promote the Smars series. I don't know if you ever even paid attention to that. It was back in 
the early 2000s and mid 2000s but uh there's a local track here called five flag speedway um it's an asphalt half mile but they would let us run during the car program which was pretty cool uh the main thing was it was just an absolute awesome thing to be able to ride in front of a captive audience like you know these guys are all car racers so they this doesn't really pertain to to what we're talking about but this is my first event was was uh promoting and, and kind of assistant promoting more than anything i didn't have a lot of skin in the game but if i was to do everything over again now i would uh and even to this day like my my weak point is is, is finding uh you know sponsorship dollars because it does take a little bit of the pressure off because you know you kind of find yourself counting people through the gate to see like all right you know do i, <laughs> do I gotta go to the bank do i gotta go hit up an atm or am i okay so um but uh hold on so to get started in the game man at first i would just try and find a date and something that like you said earlier doesn't conflict because there's certain amateur events that you just don't want to go up against you know throw down a perfect example like i would never in a million years be like you know what i think now's a good time to promote a race in early january you know it's just it's just not because if you want to get a good rider turnout in my opinion you need to definitely separate it by you know, like ours is about a month apart. And I think that's about the limit for a big one because, you know, I like to draw Ohio, New York, you know, just like you like to draw people from, from everywhere. So if somebody's driving from, you know, they don't want to turn back around the next weekend and drive back where they just came from. So I like to spread it out a little bit. Uh, that'd be my first thing is to find a good solid date and a good solid venue would be first one. Cause, um, well, no, it's, yeah, I mean, that's like I said, that's a broad question. I mean, for me, like, I don't know, it's almost hard to promote a race without a purpose. Like, if if you if you're sitting there and you're, I'm just going to promote a race, like, you got to have like a purpose, like a track that you want to go to, an audience you want to um, supply a race to. Like in certain parts of the country, like for instance, like the RVA guys, Hacker and Nicking Nickens. There wasn't, dude, there is, there's like, there was a, a void of races in Virginia. Like people were craving it. So it's like, man, like yep. w- what yep. they, what they did, it, it was just good to bring flat track racing back to that area. So, and it's actually crazy because, you know, no one really is promoting race flat track races in Wyoming. You know, it's not frequent. I know like um, the RS or the RASE guy, Michael promotes in Billings, Montana. I mean, it's just not a super well-known area, but Virginia, it's like, pretty rich in flat track history and there wasn't any races so it was almost like common sense it's like hell yeah let's do it let's promote a race and they've had yeah. they've had a lot of success with it and i would say just before we move on like the next biggest thing is is just coming up if you want to be um how you want to sanction it get getting your insurance laid out i mean you can ama sanction it they have a really good insurance package that you can get when you when you sanction with ama or you can go the outlaw route. I know you do a lot of outlaw races, Rob. Um, you know, and I've done a I've done a couple the first year at Winter Throwdown, and and there's pros and cons to to the um, to the uh, running an outlaw or running an AMA. And um, I'm sure we'll get like a bunch of follow up questions on on the on these uh, answers. But yeah, I mean, there's first step, man. I guess that's just pretty broad. But we'll move on to the next one. Um, yeah, I think we answered it pretty good. We gave a bunch of different options and and stuff to think about. Yeah, I think we have like a dozen, so we'll uh, we'll move right along here. Is it better to pay out a bunch of riders less money, or pay a few at the top more money? Uh, I'll let you answer it. I know it's it just depends. <laughs> I mean, if you're Jared Meese, you want it, it really does. You want it done a certain way. If you're 
you know, a guy that gets, you know, eighth or 10th, you want to, you want to get paid too. So I'll let, I have, I have my opinion on this and I'll let you kind of, yeah. I'll let you go first on it. So. Uh, I, I, I think that you and I kind of differ on this, you know, respectfully, which is, which is totally fine. You know, there's no absolute right way to do it. And, and the same thing, like, you know, Steve Nace, Kelly Bell, how they do their stuff. But for me personally, if I'm doing a big event, like say Greenville or, you know, the clash where I know I'm going to have a good solid full field, I still just do the top five. Um, you know, I, and I know some people are going to hate that. And, and I've been in the position before where I've been like seventh and it's like, damn, man, I wish I was in the money. But at the same time, man, with, with me, it's more of a personal thing. Like, man, you know, I, I want you to earn it. Just, you know, there's some events where you show up and you got a 12 rider feature and you only had 12 show up. So you're like, oh, sweet. It's a full feature. But I don't know. Maybe I'm a little bit selfish in that sense. Like, I, I don't. I don't take any of the, the money and put it back in my pocket. I simply just, you know, pay the top five a little bit better. Like, you know, at Greenville, it's like thousand fifteen hundred to win certain certain classes and I pay the top five. Um, if it's a certain race that's like just a little local show that, you know, we don't have a strong rider turnout, but still you gotta put up some money. Um, you know, I'll do the top three, but and I know, you know, I, I don't um I don't have anything wrong with with either way, I've been on the winning end. I've been on the losing end. You know, I've won a race where you had a full field of 18 riders and still took home like 150 bucks. And you're like, what the fuck? I should have made, you know, 800 or a grand or something. But yeah, um, you yeah. know, every promoter's a little bit different. Some promoters do, you know, 100% payback. Some of them do like a set purse. Some of them do a purse plus payback. And then some of them just do like, hey man, thanks for coming. Here's the pros. You're gonna get, you know, 60% or something. I mean, I don't think there's really a right or wrong way. You just kind of kind of look at your events and see if you can afford to pay on down the field or if you can, you know, if you just need to focus on the top ones, you know, I, I, with me, I just, I generally just do top five most of the time. Yeah. I like to pay. So um, like the open expert class at winter throwdown, we have, we have a purse that we lay out. I post it on my website leading up to the race. So, you know, what place you get, that's how much money you're going to make. So for open expert, if you make the main, you're going to make money. So we take 12 to the main. And I think last place, 12th place in the main is like a hundred bucks. So um, with that being said, I pay, I don't overpay the winner. So like with that, you know, if the 12th place guy's making a hundred bucks, the winner will make like 1500 bucks. Um, and then, you know, like 1500, a thousand, 750 or whatever. So if you get sixth or seventh at winter throwdown, you're going to make a a few hundred dollars for sixth or seventh. Um, and then if you squeak in the main, which is fucking hard <laughs> at winter throwdown, um, you're going to make more than what you signed up with. You're going to make a hundred bucks or 150 bucks, depending on, depending on what place you get. So yeah, it just depends what you're, what you're, what you're looking to do. I mean, I've had, like I said, I'm going to call out Jared Meese, but I've had, I've had him bummed out about that. Um, but the year prior he got like third or fourth and I'm sure he was happy <laughs> with, with what I do, but the year that he won everything, he's like, you know, I thought the winner made, made 50% of the total purse. I'm like, nah, chief. I'm like, I, I think it's typically like 25 to 30% the winner makes of the total purse, but it is really hard, Rob. Cause like you said, sometimes you don't have that sponsorship or purse laid out and you, um, you know, you're relying on like hundred percent payback or, or things like that. But there are a lot of promoters that do put like, I'm not trying to call them out, but they'll put out a purse number. And then like at the end of the weekend, it's just like not adding up. So I think if you're going, if you have the purse money, if it's in your fucking account, 
like tally it up and just be transparent with these guys. The more transparent I like I was trying to be with them, the the less explaining like I had to do. Um, but can I, yeah, can I enter? <laughs> no, you're exactly right. And this is kind of on subject. This is also off subject. And actually, this is something where I, I learned from you at this last throwdown. So racers, I don't care if you're Jared Mees or anybody like, please, 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 please come get your freaking money at the end of the night. Like I have so many people that are like, they'll face with me. Hey man, you know, I, I think I got like, you know, third. I'm like, well, shit, man, I don't, I don't carry the results around with me like throughout the next week and into the next week. And then they're like, well, can't you just look up the results? So then, you know, for me with the transponder system, you know, Katie has her own computer, which stays in the box in my race shop. So then it's like, all right, Katie, somebody thinks they got third place. You know, can you go pull up the results? And and it doesn't seem like it's a big deal, but you got it's like so an hour's worth of work yeah, when it we go just home. been happening the night. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, and so what I'm going to do in the future, if you don't pick up your money that night now, of course, you know, in certain instances, I don't want to use this as an example, but say like Jeffrey Carver, he got hurt and had to leave. You know, I hate yeah. that to death, but obviously I'll send him his money, you know, if, if he's got some coming to him. But like, if you're just yeah. hanging around bullshit, you know, I'm going to use, I'm going to throw him out there. Dalton? Sammy freaking Halbert. <laughs> Dalton? No, not Dal- no, Dalton's good. because He didn't uh, come Dalton's get his fine. money He's at like, third down. He, he was the only one that didn't come, the only expert. I had to find him the next day. I'm like, bro. But, <laughs> but like, well, Sammy Halbert. He, and then he's like, hey, man, I know it's not that big a deal, but can you go and look and see how much you owe me? I'm like, It is a big bro, deal. Like, It's a pain. It's not even – but it's not even a big deal. It's just a, an annoyance, and I guess it's part of being a promoter, but like – yeah writers help help us out too man like we do not want to the same thing with like transponders i'm like please turn your transponders like guys we're done racing we, we know we're tired day. we're, the we're trailer. tired yeah i'm with you dude. just just get your stuff because then like i had one guy and i'm not going to call his name out. he's like hey man it's been two weeks since you were supposed to pay me i'm like dude i'm not sitting around my scoring computer i'm working my full-time job with four kids yeah, you know yeah. a life like and all because you wanted to leave the track, you know, 30 minutes before all the features were over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I get it. You want to get home. You got a long drive. But like, and then other ones will come up there like during the races, like say they were like the fourth race and we're on race 15. Like, hey, man, I'm trying to go home, man. I need my money. It's like, dude, <laughs> like I'm yeah. we're actively scoring a race right here. Like, you want me to red flag this race so I can look at yeah. your results? Anyway, sorry. Moving right along. I'm sorry. I, no, I no. no to throw that out there. Yeah, I mean, and I'm like, I'll work with the riders a little bit, like the um, the Andrew, um, oh shit, the um, Re- uh, Reddington from um, he lives in Florida now, but he yeah. he made the dash for cash, and and my dash for cash is I pay I pay all all the riders and make it, so all six riders I I give you something in the dash, and he he er, you know earned his right to make that dash for cash, which is fucking hard. It's like forty some guys, but he busted his shoulder up in the heat race. And he's like, hey, you know, yep. do I still get the dash money. I'm like, yeah, I'll give you sixth place in the dash, dude. It's all no sweat. So, um, all right. So I got a couple, a couple here that kind of pro pro ish related. I don't never promoted an AFT race, but he said, what kind of crazy person would promote the, the coin mile this year? <laughs> um, I guess I'll go first. I mean, I guess because, and I agree, like to an extent, like every time I've been to the coin, like I know back in the day when they used to tailgate and camp out the place used to pop off and, and it was a good venue, but I've, uh, the races that I've been there, especially the last pro race we did, um, man, nobody shows up. It's just like, it's just so, the, coin? the coin. It's just so there's, yeah. there's just no really good hotel options. I think there's two hotels in the coin and they're like shanty fuckers, man. They're not like ideal hotels. Well, yeah, there's one. 
yeah and then like the nearest town is like carbondale i think it's like 25 minutes away and i don't know i, I don't know if like and i'm not knocking illinois people but i don't know if if like they're overprivileged with nationals because like there's more <laughs> nationals in illinois than any other state and like you just don't get the attendance that you would think like springfield miles kind of it's kind of bleak like the fans aren't coming like they used to and we did jolly ed and it wasn't like over overly packed like it was kind of, i was kind of like man i can't believe people aren't coming because there's a lot of illinois people like riders and fans but maybe there's just so many illinois races that it's hard for them to you know attend more than a couple per year and you know they have to pick and choose but um yeah i mean i hope the coin goes well i think 75 percent of that crowd will probably be the amateur national <laughs> families but um i would you know i wouldn't take it on so no i would not do i mean, you know what's funny i'm not a miler by any means like not even remotely like, i won't even talk shit to you about beating you in a mile in a vet race so but the decoin mile is like my all-time favorite one it's like one of the best tracks literally in the middle of nowhere so you know, from a promoter standpoint, you know, if you have, if you want to do decoin, then just make sure you get really good backing because you're probably going to have a tough time filling up the stands. You know, I mean, granted, you know, if you come in there and you, you know, put together a real good festive event package and you know, you might get some more and, and this year, you know, you got the amateur nationals, so you're going to get probably 300 extra people in the stands, just amateur riders and families. So that, that worked out. Okay. But, uh, from a if you had to do decoin on just like a random weekend it'd be a hard sell for me unless you had a sponsor with some big big pockets yeah i mean and i'll go to like castle rock like what uh what they've done there last year i was really impressed like they uh they turned it into like a festival sort of thing and it was like really cool i rolled in there i was like let's go this is awesome so when it takes you 15 minutes to drive through the pits because there's so many people and you got to weave through it i mean you know you got something cool I will say though, promoter, I think it's Thor or Thor. I don't fuck. I can't say his name, but uh, um, when I had, when I left Castle Rock, there was like it was really confusing to get out of that place. So um, when you when you know you're gonna have a ton of people, like I would just like you know let it be known how to exit the property. I was super bent out of shape because I I didn't feel good. I left early, like right after my race. Oh, that's right. You were sick. And yeah, I, you were we grumpy. Couldn't, we couldn't find the. I wasn't grumpy. I was at 103 fever. You were totally but, grumpy. I but I like. I kept, couldn't like. What? Grumpy. You were, remember we were? What well, we had like a uh, we had a uh, a video. And we were like sneaking on you, and you like had a grumpy face too. I don't remember. You were like <laughs> nauseous or something, weren't you? I don't remember. Bro, I was really sick. I had 103 fever. I just wanted to get home, and oh. I couldn't find. I couldn't find the exit. I, we were literally driving. We drove around the pits, the perimeter of the property for 20 minutes trying to find an open gate. It was like fucking, you know, like a maze to get out of there. But anyway, it's not a big deal. It was a great event otherwise. Right. I love, um, great event, yeah. Thoughts on signs up, Castle Rock. <laughs> this one, uh, uh, I'll, I'll wait for this one until later because I'm pretty passionate about this question. I'll just go to the, like a more simple one. Um, is there more money coming in from the spectator gate or the pit gate? Um, so that depends on the event, you know, uh, so, uh, all right. So depending on the event, like say at Greenville, you know, mine, you know, I try to do a really good job of getting a lot of riders there because Greenville's still small plus Lyme is the same weekend. So I know I'm not going to get a lot of fans because they're saving up their money for beer and tickets to Lyme because Jared Meese charges outrageous fees. And I'm just kidding, Jared, sorry. But, uh, um, so that on that one, I rely on, you know, 
you know, it's nice to have a nice back gate, put it that way. Um, you know, like the clash, like Pensacola, it was kind of 50, 50. I mean, we, our bleachers are not like AFT <laughs> legal, like 4,000 people, but we were packed to the gills pits and spectators. So that, that helps out a lot. Um, as far as like what you rely on, it depends on your promotions. I mean, are you promoting and like, we'll use RVA as an example, you know, they get a bunch of riders, but they also have just standing room only. There's so many people there. So, you know, I don't know if that's just a Virginia thing. Uh, I know a lot of it has to do with how good Mike and John promote and get the word out. And then they also have good sponsors. So, I mean, I, I, th I think that you need to rely on both, um, but you need to do some work to get some fans in stands. Cause I call that like your, your fluff money. Like, you know, that's to help pay off the bills. That's to help, you big, know, you're a big fluffer. Expenses. So that's good. I am big fluffer, big fluffer guy. But uh, I mean, what's, what's your take on that? It depends what your event is. Like obviously an AFT race, like what Mies promotions does at Lima, they don't, they don't get any of the, the rider, you know, entries. Like they're, Oh, are we, well, are we, are we no, talking I'm, about back game? No, I mean, are we talking I'm about just, pro? I'm just saying in general, I don't know if, if like the average fan knows exactly how it works. So I'm just like dumbing it down even more. So like gotcha. Mies is only, yeah. he's only, you know, uh, gate money, beer, food trucks, merchandise. Um, that's what he relies on. Now, something like my race, I don't really promote winter throwdown to spectators. I promote it for the riders. Like I want to give the riders a badass event to race. If people want to come watch, which we've had people come like every year that just want to watch. Um, that's great. Like we will give an efficient program for the fans where they're not sitting in the bleachers for hours but my main, pri sorry, my main priority, <clears throat> choking on my coffee, my main priority is to give the amateurs a great event. If you're promoting to a crowd, then you want to, you know, promote to the crowd and make sure that they're entertained and they're not sitting in the grandstands for hours and hours and hours. So it's a little bit of conflict of interest to try and do both. But for instance, like Hagerstown coming up this summer, I'm going to um cater more so than i do at winter throwdown to the fans so i'm going to make sure the fans are entertained over the course of the evening at hagerstown um and if you go to like flat out friday no offense to um jeremy like they do a good job of what they do but it's so fucking unique where like not like f the riders like they they take care of the riders but they really want to put on a show more than anything else he says it's 69 times at riders meeting we're here to put on a show, you know, and it's like, that's great. That's a good mindset to have. But when you're a pro rider and I'm traveling 20 hours to go to that race, I also need to make sense of it. Cause, um, like the pro class at that race, that pays a lot of money, a lot of money. So it's like, yes, yeah, so let's put on a show. But again, like this is our job and our career. So like he gets, he yep. would get slightly annoyed that the pros would ask him so many questions. It's like, dude, if I lead every lap tonight and win, I'll make like eight grand. So yeah. yeah, I have questions, especially because it's an indoor and if you sneeze the wrong way, you're going to lose the race. So it yeah, just depends, sure. just depends what you're doing. If you're, you know, your what your business plan is. So yeah, that's one thing I would consider is, you know, put that on paper. Are you trying to cater more to the riders? Are you trying to cater more to the crowd? Um, it just depends what your, what your business plan is. Uh, any follow-up Rob on yeah. that before we go to the next no, not really. I, I think you nailed it. I think you really, you really nailed it. I mean, you got to figure out what, what your, your purpose is going to be, man. I mean, you know, with, with Greenville, uh, I got three different directions, man. I got amateurs, pros. I think we have three or four pro classes. If we do the, the framers 
and then uh, and then I've got a vintage national. So it's like I've got three completely different three completely different mindsets. You know, the amateurs are trying to get speed to learn how to go pro. The pros are trying to make a living and get ready for Lima. And I'm talking about Greenville, but um, and then you got the vintage guys. You know, and no offense, but sometimes the vintage guys, it's like guys, you're you're 65 years old, you've raced for 52 years, and you're still asking like if you can pass under a yellow or, you know, like the silliest questions. I think the pros are the worst by far. Like at winter throwdown, I don't get any text messages or any, like anything from anybody, but the pros I have pro guys texting me. I have them wanting me to water the track, not wanting me to water the track, asking about (laughs) like, like they're like for qualifying They're you know, they're bitching about if I watered it one session before that was me. I'm, that was me. I was bitching. Uh, well, no, like, yeah, but like, dude, it's like, guys, this is an amateur race. Like, it's not that like it's we're paying a good chunk of money. I'll do the best I can. But like, come on. So it's just one of them things. But um, moving on, we got some more here. Um, Rob, and you kind of do this a little bit. And I guess we'll give some insight. But thoughts on pay-per-view live streaming. Is it a viable source of income or does it deter spectators? And this is from Tunnel Hill on uh, Instagram. Um, he yeah. had asked this, and I don't know I'm if gonna, he gonna knows, go. like I'm passionate about, not passionate, but I, f- I have strong opinions on the live streaming. Um, but I'll let you kind of go in first because I know you kind of do something with that. And there's a lot yeah. of ways to make this live streaming work, but it's it's I feel it's it's pretty challenging. It is very challenging. So luckily the group that I have, they do, they're not big, like say flow racing or anything, but just dirt. He does a lot of Southeast stuff. And the cool thing with him is, so the basic thing that he does is I just say, Hey man, how much to just live stream the race? And what he does, he just plugs into the announcer microphone, which sometimes is me. So um, you got to listen to that. The, um, the thing we do for the clash which we just started doing the pay-per-view deal, which yes, it does have a little bit of expense, but as a promoter, we have it set up to where once the production um, costs are met, and, and it depends on the track, but just say at Southern Raceways, TT, we had like six cameras. So, you know, there's there's expenses. But the reason I do that is for the, the families that can't be there, like say grandma, grandpa just can't travel or they got to work or something you know, yeah, it does take away from people that are coming to watch the race live. But in my instance, in my findings, it didn't really take away from any gate fees on me because the mo- and then he can look at the the regions of who's tuning in, which is really cool. So we saw, you know, realistically, we saw worldwide watchers. You know, there might be, you know, out of ten thousand viewers, there might be a hundred from abroad somewhere in different regions, but. um after the expenses are met, then we, we split everything else. Like after his people are paid and then it's pay-per-view, I think it was like fourteen ninety nine to watch the TT or, or the, whatever it was. I don't remember. So sorry about that. Um, and we, we split it. So, so yeah, there was, there was enough to justify doing it and put a little money back in, not necessarily in my pocket. I, I literally just handed it over to the, to the track, but um, you know, it offset expenses. So for me, it was totally worth it. Now, you know, at an AFT level, you know, they're going to be drawing fans from, you know, 10, 12 hours away. You know, I'm hoping to draw fans from two hours away, you know. So it didn't really affect me um, as far as taking away any people coming through the gate, I don't think. But it definitely helped me offset some expenses with all the people tuning in. Because I think, 
you know, for 14 bucks, you know, you got a lot of action and a pit pass is 20 bucks. So you're saving a little bit of money there, but you know, there's definitely pros and cons. That's just, that just works out best for me personally. Yeah. And if you can make it work, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's cool. Like I, I would like for people to enjoy winter throwdown, but I also like the fact that, if, you know, the racing at winter throwdown, I, I mean, maybe I'm biased, but it's really good racing. And you see, oh, yeah. you, you oh, don't yeah. see those matchups all year. Like you don't see the Tyler Scott's versus the Jared Meese's or Briar Bauman versus Cody cop. Cause they're in different classes. And um, it's, it's a really cool thing to see and watch. And I just want people to travel and make the trip. Um, I, I don't want to just give people that coverage for free. And we give like sneak, we give like a little bit of a taste, like Scotty Taylor, my buddy that does the flat track flashback on YouTube, he comes and he yep. films all the main events and, and we'll put like one or two of the mains up on my Facebook page, like a day or two after the weekend and like the dash for cash. But I just like, and it goes to AFT too, like, I mean, a lot of the AFT races, they they also promote, like AFT promotes them and it's their series. But somebody like Jared Meese or Steve DiLorenzi, like I strongly feel that they should get a percentage that day of what the live stream brings in. Um, there are people that, you know, it's a conflict of interest. There are people that, you know, that, you know, they're in Lima and they're two hours away and they don't come because it's too hot, whatever, whatever. And they can just watch the race at home for you know, it's cheap. Like, I don't even know what it is anymore, but it might be four bucks a race or something stupid. Yeah, stupid. And, pe and people stupid. bitch about how cheap or how expensive it is. And um, I know for a fact, there's people that don't come because that option is there. It's easy. It's easy to do. Like, I'll just watch it on fans choice. I, I hear it all the time. So um, oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So it's one of them things that I feel it is hurting the live attendance. Like, um, and it's everything with technology and social media and, you know, you can watch, there's so much free content. Like back in the day, you had to go to the race or you didn't know who won until a week later in cycle news. Like it was part of the experience. It was like Woodstock on two wheels. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's probably a bad reference, yeah. but you had to be there to experience like being at Woodstock or watching it on live stream is fucking way different. So it's the same with racing. So I don't know. I mean, if you have a sponsor that's, that's helping out with the live coverage, and if I like personally had my own production team, like, like AF, when AFT does that, then it's fine. Like they're, if they're drawing people away, then, then they're getting the, you know, hundred percent of some of that back from the uh, live stream that they're paying. But I personally, like I've, I've looked into some really high, like flow racing. I've, I've, I've talked to flow racing and um, what they wanted, like the cost and how many viewers I had to get to make x amount of dollars it, it never added up for me um no and, flow i mean flow is like the top of the chain as far as like i don't know if you call it outlaw video production i mean you're not going to get like map tv probably there right? maybe you could but uh yeah i, I had about 15 to, 15 to 20 emails back and forth with flow and, and for me you know with the limited sponsorship i get um you know it wasn't feasible but you know Dude, you, I was it, close it to doing, I was close to doing, um, I, I won't say the network, but a big network. Like I was, you know, I had, I had multiple meetings with a, a cable network to, to do the race. And then, and then it like comes in, it's like, well, if I'm going to have it on TV, then I like, I really, you know, I can't be prepping the track as much. I can't, you know what I mean? So winter throwdown, it's not really, I mean, we get done, you know, really efficient, but like, it's also not made for live TV. Like, live TV starts no. to come in. Then you start half-assing the track. You're rushing, you know, like it's, you take away from the quality of the event for the amateur riders. Like I look at X games, like, 
dude, if you if your bike didn't start, they don't give you fuck two minutes. They don't give you 10 seconds. Like you're done. No, you're um, done. Move TV, it. Yeah, you're move, 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 move. And it's like, yeah, then you take away from the quality of uh of the event. So know, that's how I feel. Like, you know, I like to give some content. We do the pit walks, like Jen Lewis and Jalen and Melissa, they've all come and we do the pit walks and fun interviews and we give like fans something they, and then they're still bitching about that. It's like, dude, where do you get that kind of content? Like at an amateur race, like, you know, you don't have to pay for it. Just enjoy what you, what you're getting. Like, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. Well, and sometimes you just got to remember too, as a promoter, it's going back to the promoters, you know, you're never, ever, 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 ever going to please everybody. And we will get how hard you try. We will get to that. Um, We have a few more questions, but we will get to that one as well. Cause that's, that's probably the last one I want to address, but um so somebody asks they want to know our practice order take on large events some tracks go small bikes to big bikes and you're waiting and staging forever other tracks do lines and then they go back through some have a numbering system with stickers blah blah um what do you think is the most efficient way and you're kind of unique because you have your own transponder system so you you pretty much your events and mine you practice and quote qualify in your class but what do you think on a like kind of I guess I'll follow up with my own question on that talk about the scientific equation it takes to make the order and not have too many people overlapping classes it's like impossible yeah, it's definitely impossible and I'll use myself as for example generally if it's not an AMA race I'm running like five races or more like at your event being AMA you can only run four events so I know coming into the event that there's a good chance that I'm going to be either back to back or you know one race in between and then there's several times at your events that I have literally raced came back around swap bikes and there's there's 85 kids there's other kids that do this too I'm not just using I'm just using myself as an example but so I know going in like look the promoter can only do so much if there's only you know 15 classes then there's a pretty good chance that I'm going to be back to back. Like it's just a, it's just a, it's just a, uh, a fact of life. And I know some guys, I get guys bitching to me all the time too. And it's like, man, look, if I move yours and help you out, then I mess up three or four more other dudes and add three or four more back to back to other people. So I don't have a scientific method. What we do is we look at our, our classes. We look who's in, in, in what, and then I'll try and always start, you know, like the, the ones that are going to be mostly have multiple riders are going to be like if i do pro singles open pro and then like pro-am i know those three classes are all going to have pretty much the same dudes in it so i'll have like my big finale class will go last one of my like say pro singles will go towards the front and i'll put the other pro class in the middle somewhere now like at greenville there's been times i'm like hey guys you know i'm going to mix up the schedule i'm gonna get these pros done you know because greenville is a lot of work a lot of track prep and even still like it gets dusty and dry or it gets wet slick you water it too much you know it's it's a losing battle but um and i just try to filter in the other classes in between you know with greenville specifically there's ama nationals and so then we got another 12 classes but some of them get combined and it's not a scientific thing for me. I know, uh, I think Kelly Bell's got a system where hers will tell her like, Hey, you got a back to back here. Like I don't have that option. I have to do it kind of manually and thank God I got Katie there to help me. But you know, uh, there, there's no scientific method, but I do love having the transponders because you know, as well as I do, there's been so many times where like, I'll, I'll use them as an example. I've even Greenville. I've been like Trent Lowe, you're freaking pro when you went out with the 250 amps. Oh yeah, I didn't. I missed mine, so I just jumped out there real quick. Like you, you can't do that. Like yeah. it messes up the whole scoring system 
but you know, I, I get it. I understand both sides of the story. Like it's no, there's no, you know, hate. I'm not trying to just schedule so-and-so as a back-to-back to screw them over. It's just that, look, you know, we've looked through it. If I move you to race 12, well, then all those guys that were in race 12, three of them might be, you know, and also in race 14 or race yeah, 10. So yeah. it's like, no matter what you do, you're going to screw it up. You know? It's really hard, actually. I mean, generally speaking, like, you, you know, the um, 85 and super mini, you, you don't have them back to back. Like um, the, yep. uh, you know, vintage and 50 plus like, but you yep. are actually really unique because you'll run vintage hooligan mad dog it's impossible for you specifically you're the hardest person at an amateur race to make sure you're not back to back because you run goofy shit like you could run every class pretty much yeah. um where like you yeah, won't have I, I run multiple bikes yeah like yeah you'll run like you literally you've run mad dog before you've run the pro classes in my class you've you know what dude we should go back and see like you've probably ridden every single class at one point or another at winter throwdown minus like the youth classes like i think you've ridden every single class so yeah i haven't ridden obviously i haven't ridden 50 plus and 60 plus um, well the, everything i've ridden 85s yeah <laughs> but you've ridden Man, mad dog vintage you know what i might expert. i want to say maybe the first year i might have even rode 250 you know just because I, I i don't know if i had ronnie's 250 there anyway i don't remember but i've no, run it's, yeah it's yeah hard. But, but one thing too, though, you think about that. So somebody, if there's other people out there like me that run several different bikes and several different classes, like going to the race, like you'll never hear me. And I've never once been like, Hey man, you screwed me over on a back to back. I'll tell your gate guy, like, Hey man, like, just so you know, like, I'm not going to be dicking around in the pits. I'm literally coming back to back. So don't race without me, you know? And that's all you can really do because number one, I don't want to slow down the program and say, well, let me go back and get a glass of water. Let me go, you know, let me go rest for 10 minutes. Like, sometimes it's worked out where you're like, Hey man, we're going to do a quick track prep. And obviously you get lucky there, but you yeah. know, for the racers, I promise you, you know, all the promoters I've raced with, even ones I don't necessarily care for. I don't think there's any of them that'd be like, Oh, sorry, I'm putting you back to back. Cause I want to, I want to ruin your night. You know what I mean? It's just as a racer, I there's, have to know that, you know, some, yeah, no, there's none that do that, but there's some that aren't super, um, like over the years where they haven't been super accommodating and it's just like, like, so one year, um, uh, I'll give you an example. I want to make sure we shout out Roof Systems, um, Dallas, Texas, Jerry Stinchfield. He he's a big supporter of my races. I know he's helped at your events. He helps out events all over the country, and he's a oh. huge supporter of the podcast. Without, I mean, it's actually crazy how much he just gives back to people within the sport. Like um, the Randy Texer, I Dash probably couldn't Cash. do the clash without him. Yeah, without yeah, every year he's fully supported the Randy Texter Memorial Dash for Cash at Winter Throwdown escape the berg everything up well, I'm like he's shout out to jerry man he's he's amazing but yeah it's like one one year when i was younger um this is way long ago but they had a 125 a class and a 125 b class and i borrowed shana's 125 to run in the a class she wrote it in b class well we were on the same bike and there was only like three in each class they combined the uh classes a and b okay we're on the same bike so I'm like, hey, you know, we can't do that or I need to get my money back because we're riding the same bike and, you know, you could just combine the classes and they're like, oh, sorry about that. Uh, nothing we can do. I'm like, you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> we're on the same bike and you just combine the classes like and my dad had to go over and like, they, you know, what I mean, like it was just like they weren't accommodating. It was like, what do you <laughs> give us money back? We're in the yeah. same bike. So as long as you're accommodating and. And that's the biggest thing with my events. And like, 
I, I honestly started doing my first year at Winter Throwdown. I wanted, I did the event because I was frustrated. I went to a local race and just the promoters at many of these races, they act like they're doing the riders a favor by putting these races on. It's like, it's the worst mentality to have with the promoter. Like, if you don't want to do this, if you're going to be a dick, if you constantly say you should be thankful that I'm doing this race, it's just the worst mentality to have. Like, if you're not making money, you're not good at promoting. Like, and the the promoters, oh, there's no money in this. You know, it, dude, there is. You can make money promoting. That's the goal. If you're not reaching your goal, it's not the rider's fault. You need to do a fucking better job at promoting. So don't act like you're doing the riders a favor. Appreciate every single rider and family member that take off work and come to your races because they don't have to come. It's not like they have to show up. It's not jury duty. Like they're volunteering time to come race your events and treat them accordingly um got a couple more questions here rob and then we'll we'll put a bow on this uh, and i'm sure we'll have anybody listening if you guys have follow-up questions um hit us up maybe we'll do like a, a you know we'll we'll answer more now that we get some of your your thoughts going i want to give a shout out to moto america daytona 200 it's it's coming it's right around the corner i'm ex- i'm excited i'm going to be at daytona all weekend with moto america if you're down here during bike week Get your tickets to the 200. It's a stacked grid this year. It's going to be a great race. And uh, they actually have a really, really cool in-house live plus package. If you're not going to be here, you can watch online. Um, But make sure if you're in Daytona, get your tickets, come out to the high banks and watch the Daytona 200 tailgate in the infield. Uh, Have a good time. So thanks to Moto America. Um, Rob, this one, and this is obviously, it's another it depends what you're doing, but are you renting the track for an event or are you splitting the revenue with the track owner? All right. So that is a good one. Um, it, it, that just depends on what, what you get done, uh, or how you do it. Like I'll use Greenville's example, like Greenville, they're a, they're a horse racing track. So they have zero real care about motorcycles other than, you know, the, uh, the, the rent fee it comes in for, you know, it helps, I'm sure it helps offset their costs. So, um, but then when I go to like, say certain car tracks, actually I'll use my first promotion example with five flag speedway, you know, um, what we would do is, uh, you know, split all the cost right, right down the middle, you know, and then whatever's left, we, we split. So, um, you know, obviously at that track, you know, he's got, we got, um, you know, workers and gate people and corner workers and flagger and stuff like that. So, you know, once all those expenses are done, then uh then then you you tally it all up now that doesn't always work every time you know again there's certain tracks and i don't know how callahan works i'm sure you'll figure you'll fill us in on that but you know uh generally speaking there's there's two ways to do there's actually three ways that i've done it before you rent the track and everything is basically yours like generally i'll never fool with concessions like i'll let the track have that because i don't have a time to fool with that but um or you can do another scenario where you know, you come in and you, you basically sell the track a race package. And this works on some car tracks. You just say, we use an easy number. Say, look, track, you know, for 10 grand, I'll get you X amount of racers, X amount of, you know, classes, et cetera, et cetera. Then they, they have all the burden of the promotions because, you know, they all, most car tracks, too, will have like a little, you know, promotion person or a marketing guy. And then, and then it's basically it's on them. So, um, and then when that 10 grand, you go and put that towards, you know, your purse. And a lot of times we'll have a $10,000 purse. Um, 
And then the last thing, like you said, is, is, is splitting costs, you know, so there's, there's different ways you can do it. And these aren't the only three ways there's, I mean, I'm sure other promoters can be like, well, I've never done that. That's stupid. And, and that's fine. Like if you have a better way to do it, I'm all ears too. Cause you know, we're all in this to learn, but, uh, um, but like you said, it just depends on, on what their goal is and, and what the track is like. Cause there's certain tracks that are like, uh, I've been to tracks for that said, absolutely. We do not rent to anyone period. So, you know, you have those and there's other guy, other tracks are like, you know, we don't care, man. Here's our cost. We'll have a track prep for you. And if you need like water or track prep, you know, that's extra, but, um, you know, it just, it really depends on your contract and then the relationship and then, you know, the track mentality. Yeah, I mean, I rent, I rent winter through, like I rent Callahan from, from Dave and Lisa. Like, so I rent it. I like to live and die by the sword. Like if, if my event does good, I get rewarded. If it doesn't do well, then it's on me. So I like to fully invest in myself and my team. I'll, I'll rent the track um, at winter throwdown. I have a deal with um, Lisa and Dave that they get their own concessions. So they handle the concession part of it. And I would do concessions like, I'm a little bit different than, than your thoughts on that. Like it's a lot of work, but there can also be a lot of profit from concessions. So I would do concessions. Um, but I also like, I respect Lisa at, you know, Callahan where they make a little bit of extra money. Um, in addition to what I rent the track for on their concessions. So it works out like we're, we're cool with, you know, how we do that, but I personally, I won't, and I'm not trying to, you know, be, stingy but i don't want to i don't want to split profits with the track like just give me a set amount i'll rent it and then you know i you know we'll that's it like you know whatever profit comes in that's that's you know the promoter's profit but it is very common um because it's hard like you go to these local races where they're only getting 50 riders or 75 riders in certain parts of the country where it's got to make sense they can't be losing a ton of money but yeah, it just depends again, like what you're doing. And like you've said, Rob, there's there's different ways to do it. And there's some promoters that, like you mentioned, um, a little bit, but they get paid to come in, run the event, and and that's they they don't the they don't get any extra from how many people come. Like they come in, they structure it, they run the event, they bring their equipment, and then they leave and the track takes the um the track takes the risk. So it just depends what you're doing. Um, we have a few more here. We'll run through these a little quicker um rob why don't racers form their own series <laughs> could you imagine some of the racers <laughs> like let's just let's just use let's just say uh hold on let's think of something really funny here hold on all right so chase that off dalton and chad coast are forming an organization <laughs> and trent <laughs> and trent yeah okay we'll use trent what, could you imagine like so but racers do look at jared Meese. he's very successful um Pretty you know, much all the promoters start. are racers, right? Like, yeah, I mean, he, he didn't get his start in promotions, but he he learned and he learned from, and that's kind of with you as well, because and even myself, because I like being a racer and a promoter, because you know, as a racer, like I know how I think most people like things done, um, but you know, I still get pros like, oh, I don't like that, or I like this better, you know what I mean? But as far as why don't more racers do it, I don't know, maybe, it, but some racers are just absolutely broke and, and can't they dabble. And, and i'm i mean like yeah sammy's done a race do. and johnny lewis has done one and baker did the baker's bash like they do these events but dude it's a lot of work so it's just not that well, easy to just 
let's promote a race. And then they, they want to do it and they promote it. It's like, damn, that was like, it was a lot of work. So it's, it, you know, you gotta be, you know, just cause you're a good racer. doesn't mean you'll be a great promoter. You'll be great management. You know, like there's a lot of people that can ride a motorcycle really well, but they, they're not really cut out. I mean, they're not really like just going to promote races or, you know, vice versa. So it's, it's just a lot of work. Like it's, and Rob, you'll attest to it. Like promoting a race, it's a grind. Like if you're going to do it the right way, it's so mentally and physically exhausting. And that's just one race. Like doing a series, you gotta like, it's, you gotta make sense of it. Like I ain't scared to do a series. I'll, I would do some sort of like series where you get points, but I just haven't found to where it makes sense yet, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you, man. I, I, I've tried to do like local series and I even thought about doing like a Southeast series, but, and then for me personally, you know, I'm competing with SDTA. I'm be competing with the uh, South Carolina boys. Uh, There's some guys up in North Alabama that are doing stuff, you got guys now in Louisiana doing stuff. So it doesn't make sense for me to do a series either. Well, Um, and if you do a lot of races, Rob, I think you'll agree. Like if you have a race every weekend or every other weekend, it kind of takes away from the prestige and like, like our events are big one-off events. Like it takes me three, four months of planning to make winter throwdown exactly how I want it. I can't go and do another winter throwdown style event two weeks later. I mean, it would be, it's impossible to get that much sponsorship and that much support and, you know, Oh, we're doing another one in two weeks. You know, it's like, um, it would burn people no, out not, a little. Not happening with me. Um, well, well yeah. And, and just, Oh, sorry. I was, no, Next go one. go ahead. I'm good. Right, I just a couple more. Yeah. Will Corey Texter promotions attempt an ev- uh, oh shit. Will Corey Texter bring back an asphalt oval event? Break hashtag bring back Mars. Shit, I'll promote <laughs> I'll promote a fucking Dude. <laughs> synchronized swimming meet if it makes, you know, if it makes sense. But yeah, that'd be cool. I I the only so I've only done one asphalt short track. And actually, JL10 promoted it in Myrtle Beach, and it was fun. Like, I had a good time. Uh, And I've thought about doing, like, an asphalt race. Like, I know out west, Rob, they do it. Like, um, the Rolling Sands, they do the Moto Beach Classic. And uh, I I ain't – I mean, dude, if, if, you know, it makes sense, I would would do it. Like, I I would – as a racer, I would love to do it. But, you know, I just got to find the right venue. A couple things – yeah, a couple things I learned um, about asphalt – is that I, I personally loved it because you have zero track prep other than, you know, and you really don't have a lot of bikes blown up this day and age, but I probably wouldn't do like vintage because some of those guys just pull up to the staging and they got little oil leaks, my own triumph included. But, um, you know, when we did five flags. We would put, you know, hay bales on the wall, which realistically you're going so fast. Like, and on asphalt too, it's kind of like wrecking on a mile. Um, you slide a lot because asphalt most of the time is like perfectly smooth and not say you're going to slide up into the wall, but there's definitely more of a safety factor. Like if I did one again, I would definitely try and figure out how to get air fence. Um, and we hardly ever had wrecks. I think I can count like three wrecks in, you know, five years of doing random asphalt races. But when they do happen, you know, it, it does hurt. Obviously, you know, I mean, it doesn't hurt the slide part. Actually, that's easy, but you're like, damn, I ever going to quit sliding. And then boom, the wall stops you. Um, Brian Smetna actually, He's a Wisconsin rider, and he he borrowed one of my KTM's and put it in the wall uh, coming off the corner, and uh, and it it messed the bike up pretty good too. So it, it I would love to, but man, the support's so hard to get from the racers because there's a stigma. Is that the correct word about asphalt stigma? Is that 
stigma. That is, that is the correct yeah. word. Yep. All right. Sorry. I'm not, I don't have my thesaurus out just in my brain, but uh, <laughs> the, um, the thing is though, they just, I, I don't know, like the tires work great on asphalt. Like I've raced Dunlop street or dirt track tires on asphalt, you know, even a five on a 450, and, and, you know, they're only 12 lap features, but obviously the tires pretty smoked, but, uh, I just don't Man, know if we like, get the entries. Like um, you wouldn't. And it's well, kind of what Johnny get. You know, Johnny oh, only man, had like a handful. And he it had a, like forty. Yeah, he had 30, a good promotion. Yeah, yeah. He had great. And I, I personally don't like taking those kind of risks just because it would be quote unquote cool. Like you know what's cool? Making money. Um, so I don't know if I would take that risk. It's just like I don't know if I'd really want to promote a TT. Uh, maybe you know you, you obviously have done TTs, but I there's a lot of vintage and vet riders who they don't even know what a front brake is um so you lose a lot yeah, of entries TTs are hard immediately because they don't they don't want to ride tts you know I, I i like riding them they're fun but you as a promoter TTs are... you know it's you just don't get you don't get all those older-ish guys that ride tts so um you no, just lose. so it, it the we'll give you a, a hardcore pretty pretty solid number here it, it, the tt for the clash you know, say we had 200 entries on PDT or the indoor, and I'm just using a roundabout number, but you can damn near slice that in half, honestly. Yeah, yeah. and it's just not, and the thing it's not is, worth and, that risk. And and another thing, too, that we, we learned, too, they're all like, oh, yeah, let's do a bunch of laps, tracks, so fun, and then three laps into it, they're spread out, and then it turns into just a long practice session. I you actually know, think it's, it's it harder happen. to pass on TTs than it is on short tracks, and, it, and it's kind of off topic, but if you watch an AFT race, Every TT we ride is very single file. I mean, you look at Peoria, you look at obviously Castle Rock, you look at Buffalo Chip. It's hard to pass on a TT for whatever reason. Um, you would think it's easier with left and rights and front brake, but it's actually really hard. And I don't know the science behind it, but it's hard to pass on TT. So, um, yeah, you definitely got to step up your aggression on the TTs. For sure. I got two more, Rob. We got two more. I want to shout out Dunlop Motorcycle Tires. 19 inch, 17 inch tires. We actually have a, um, with Moto America mini cup, uh, when I, when I made the stock 125 class, I was like, shit, we don't have Dunlops for, <laughs> for these bikes. So, uh, got a hold of Michael Buckley and the Dunlop guys. And we have uh, 16 and 19 inch tires that we're going to utilize this year for the first time, um, for those bikes. So, uh, they do so much. They're, nice. they're true fans of the sport, anything, any idea I've ever had, they, they've, they've come on board, uh, they have a new three-year deal with American flat track and, you know, off-road street They the brand new sand tire they sent me for down here in Florida is the MX 14. It's a meat eater. It's, it, I can't wait to loop over backwards with this tire. So yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I love it. stoked on everything they're doing and supporting the podcast. Uh, like I said, I got two more here, Rob, how do you promote the race to riders and get them excited about being part of it? <clears throat> and that's like, that's probably the X factor in being a successful promoter. Like I, for some reason, payout purse payouts don't always translate over to entry numbers. Like I've seen promoters pay out big money and they only get six or eight riders. Um, and I've seen the opposite. So it's, you know, it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily just like overhyping your event. I mean, definitely you can, you can do that and it helps to just, you know, stir some excitement up but i think there's a lot of like for winter throwdown there's a lot of x factors that gets the pros excited or, or they want to come in and also it helps that you know it's january they everyone just wants to see green flags and checkered flags but 
for winter throwdown, like we have a really good media package where people come in like photographers, Mariah, Lacey, um, uh, man, there's probably like six to eight really good photographers. So, um, you'll get your photo content. And then we have, you know, Lane's world and Dustin, and a lot of times Billy comes and, and you'll get your video coverage. So you leave winter throwdown and I love it. You see, you see winter throwdown kind like Briar just posted another one. I think just like yesterday, the day before, like you'll see winter throwdown content for a month after the race. Um, there's big sponsors that are, that are involved. Um, there's big potential sponsors that come to the race to watch, you know, Jerry's there every year, Stinchfield, um, the mission foods, people are there, you know, creating opportunities for the riders doesn't always mean just giving them, giving them money. Uh, um, and it's, it's now the winter throwdown, it's an AMA major national. So Ken Salant's there, he's handing out number one plates. So, uh, just, you know, giving out a prizes, giving out good awards, um, just, you know, it's, it's, you don't really need to trick the people to come. You just need to like promote it, do a good job, follow through with your promises and just kind of like have good customer service through the race. And then they're looking forward to coming back to the next one. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, Rob, what, you know, you do really unique things too. So that's just like one of the advice I would give, give promoters, like don't half-ass it, like be creative and and that's one thing since I've promoted races that I'm actually the most proud of is just like being creative on making it fun for the riders and the families to come, you know? That's it. Dude, you got you have to. You have to make memories. You have to put in the effort. And and I'm not perfect by any means. I make mistakes every single time. But when I the, the first thing I try to do, man, is just, you know, make it towards something that I would want to do. And I'm not saying I've got all the answers by any means, but – you know, I'm a pretty good judge of what's fun and exciting and stuff. And, and that's what I do. And I want to give back to the racers and because, it, you know, you get one or two people that, that hype you up, but you get one guy that bashes you. And then all of a sudden a thousand people are like, well, damn. So, you know, when people come to me like, man, that was a cool idea. You know, like for instance, I'll use an example of the TT track at Southern. I'm like, man, I've, we got all this property used let's make like a freaking badass roller coaster road course of a TT track. And yeah, it's not AFT legal. There's some spots that are narrower than other spots, but there's also some good passing spots. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I'm like, when I look at that TT and watch the guys ride and they come in, they're smiling and high five. And cause they're like, damn, that track. It's something badass. new. It's not cut and dry. Yep. You know, you're doing different stuff. Yep. You've had a joker lane. You do, you do different things, um, which creates excitement. Yep. It gets people excited. Like the, uh, the one V one I did at winter throwdown, a lot of people, most people were skeptical. And then when they did it, it was I like, was. Oh, that was sick. You know? So it's just, yep. yeah. Be, you know, new and excite, new and exciting things is, uh, is, uh, you know, what you need to do. Um, last question, Rob, and I'll let you, I'll let you go first on this. You touched upon it a little bit. I want to make sure we shout out Yamaha motorsports and Yamaha racing, check out their new motorcycles. My 23 Yamaha 450 is, I love it. It's, it's such a cool bike, man. And, I, I need to obviously get some more flow on it. She's a lot of power on the moto track. I haven't moted a 450 in pretty much never. Um, so I'm really stoked on it. Make sure you guys check out their website, yamahamotorsports.com. Uh, this is actually, I'm going to name drop the the guy that asked this. It's uh, Austin Luzak. So he's a former pro and he did really well at winter throwdown. I think he was one of the only non-pros to make the main in the expert classes. And he asked Rob, what is the hardest part of the whole process of promoting? Hmm. For me, 
up until like the last year or so when I brought Katie on board, the hardest part was just all the all the little stuff. Like you can say, All right, I got a sponsor that's gonna put up ten grand, cool, awesome. You got all right, I got a track contract signed, cool, awesome. But then it's like, oh, all right, I'm ready to go racing. But then you forgot you got to get a flagman. You got to have corner workers. You got to have your radios charged up. You got to charge the transponders up for two days to make sure that, you know they last all the time. You got, you know, you got to line up your EMT or your ambulance. You got to line up, you know, gate workers. So the hardest part for me is just the support, getting, you know, all your ducks in a row. Because I don't, I don't really have any volunteers. All my positions are paid positions, so that obviously hits and hurts a little bit, but. You know, I think the positions that I've filled, I think we've done a pretty solid job of establishing our team. But, you know, now with Katie on board, like all the little shit that I think about that I forget to write down, like she's already making the notes. So I would say the hardest part is just for me personally is just all the little details. Yeah, and you did go with Katie, man. She's on it. Like uh, since she's come on and helped your your event, she's she crushes it. You know, that was my first time working with working with her and. Yeah, she was uh, in, in, in promoting races, like there's a lot of emotions, a lot of stress, and it's real easy to like come unglued and you, you your temper can get kind of temperamental. So Katie kind of levels you out in your events now, man. And since you guys, you know, you guys are a great team. So, yeah, just a shout out to what you guys are doing and, and Katie as well. She, she does yeah. a really good, really good job. So. Yeah, um, and, and clearly it, it seems to be working. I mean, she got a job. Uh, AFT picked her up to do scoring for them too. So it's like I tried to hire her for Moto America. I'd I'd love to have her in Mini Cup. To, yeah, yeah, to yeah. That's right. Yeah, well, she's she's um, remember, she's a <laughs> she's a, well she's a mom with uh, with three kids plus uh, a full time regular job plus AFT. So yeah, I mean yeah, it would be great. I just, I think with her she's gonna get two spread. Thin, no, but, I get uh, it. No, I get no, it. I, I, no, she's great. Yeah. Um, for I wouldn't, me, wouldn't I would for the world. Yeah, I say the hardest thing for me is, man, I just, I'm a, I, I honestly, like, in life, I'm not a, a, a people pleaser. Like, I could give a fuck what people, like, not, that sounds weird, but I just don't overthink what people, if I'm pleasing people, it's not my top priority, like, in life. But when it comes to promoting races, you know, and, I, and maybe it's because I grew up in a, a family business, like, you know, I, I grew up with my dad and grandpa, really customer service oriented, you know, um, grew up in a Harley shop and, I really try to like please the customers and you've said it earlier in the pod, you will not please everybody with your event. Like you could have the best event spot on flawless, pay all this money, you know, um, pay all the right, like do everything perfect, best track, get done at a good time. And there's someone that is going to be unhappy. Like every single year at winter throwdown, like you see a lot of good comments and that keeps you going. Like, but even at our event, like there's people that leave not happy every year and it's a small percentage, but I, I really stress, I used to more so like the first year or two, it's like, man, like, what am I, you know, I'm trying to please everybody and you just can't do it. And honestly, Rob, I'm going to use you an example. Um, like this year, the track, like I had 95, 99% of people every time they're like, can you water it more water, more water. Okay. So I water it. And then when you guys go out, it threw you off. You were un, unprepared for that water and you didn't like it. So you have different people that, you know, and like the winner wants to get paid more. And then yeah, the guy yep, that gets 10, you know, he's mad. You know, it's like Jared Meese, the first year he got third or fourth and he didn't bitch about what he made. And then the year he won, he made more money, but he thought he should have made more. So it's, you'll never please everybody and you can do the best you can. You can, you know, try to 
try to maintain good temperament and blah, blah, whatever, but you're just not going to please everybody. So you got to stick with, stick with your instincts and just try to do it the right way. And, you know, it's, you know, and if, if it wasn't for the people that help help me out as well, like a lot of these tracks, people too, you got to remember that, that a lot of them are volunteer workers um, at my race. You know, I, I pay the workers, but they're not buying Lamborghinis when they leave winter. No, no, it's just not no, possible. No. So no, like Dale and Ryan Connolly and Norman and the, like Norm, my, my one, the guy that runs the gate, he comes down, he drives to Florida every year just to work that event. And he, he loses money. Like there's no way I can afford to pay travel and hotels. And, you know, I mean, for all the workers. So a lot of these workers, they're getting paid, but man, they, they ain't getting paid. Like it's, you know, it's one of them things. And as we, you know, as I make more, I try to give the workers more like, you know, it always try to take care of your people and, um, but just pleasing everybody. Good luck, man. It is just not possible. So, um, yeah, I think that was good, Rob. There was some good questions in there. I had a few more, but I mean, we'll save it for another another pod. Maybe we'll do like a we should do like a subscription based pod where we do one like one every three months, and you know, you got to subscribe to because uh, it. I don't want to give out all the free advice on this stuff. I'm sure you're the same way. So you know, people listening, maybe we can maybe we can get some uh, some input on something like that. Uh, it's just there's yeah, I a mean, lot, again, lot to it. And there's no there's no right way specifically. There's several wrong ways and I can we can talk about that a whole other day, <laughs> a whole other day. But you know, the main thing is you just do your best job as a promoter. Do the best that you can. If you make a mistake, it happens. We're humans. Even computers make mistakes. So, yeah. you know, you know, I I made and I'll I'll bring this up full disclosure right here, man. I made a huge dude and I, it beat me up for a month out of that. So it, the clash, you know, on the short track and indoor, I've always got Marcus there, who's my EMT, and he does a great job. He's super fast. He gets there, but I, was, I just have always had him, and it never even occurred to me that you know to have an ambulance there. And it's one of them things where like, all right, you know, you, you should have, and and I see that now, and and I'll never have another big event like that without one, including I'm still having Marcus. But you know, I made a critical error there, and and you know, I hate that Carver got hurt, and but um. You learn. Well, my my point is, I learned from my mistake. You know, I own my mistake. I, I absolutely hated that happened to anybody, much less you know Carver getting hurt. He's one of my guys. I love, but um, you know, no nobody's ever going to have the perfect race. Nobody's going to have a mistake free event. But yeah, you know, as long as you do your best, and then next time, you I, and I'm I perfectly am accepting the fact that there might be a few guys that don't come back because they're like, damn, he didn't care about us. And it's not, it's not it, I completely care, and and I have full trust in my EMT guy. But you know. It's just one thing that I learned the hard way, and you know, it, and I can't apologize enough about that. But at the same time, you know, you learn from your mistakes. You know, yeah, and that's the best. That's the best you can do. With that being said, uh, shifting over before I let you go, you guys, you know, your bikes, everything. How's that coming for the season? There hasn't been any big news really. Tyler Scott, he, uh, you probably saw, but he signed with M4, which is really cool. And then uh, Tony Elias is coming back for uh the m4 team and in the moto america side of things but not really much not too much flat track news it's kind of quiet no, i nothing, think right nothing blowing the the world the world apart but uh you know there'll be there'll be some some more news coming out i mean obviously the our team was was a new new formation uh you coming on board first impressions was a pretty big big deal the um you know 
Trent going to Turner is a big deal. Uh, hey, I have, I don't know how much you can say, but um, it did pop up on a Facebook comment. And I, I believe it's somewhat accurate because the man that posted it um, is directly related to, uh, to not related to Shana, but she works with him. But he said that Shana is uh, going to singles for sure, but they're still working on uh, the, the, the brand. Is that still, is that an yeah. accurate statement? Uh, yeah, I guess I, I mean, I, I guess I, if, if Scott said it, yeah. I mean, it was funny cause, uh, I saw like Scott Taylor, it's actually, he's actually Shana's manager and he's been with her since 2018. And for those that don't know Scott Taylor, he was Ricky Carmichael's manager. Um, and he were, he's worked with James Stewart. He's, you know, he's been around a long time and, you know, you Good see a lot of, super cool yeah, guy. I love Scott. He's, he's really cool, but we've, uh, we've, um, you know, I saw, I saw him comment on it and say, yeah, she's, she's riding a single and we'll, we'll have more info soon. And then somebody commented, um, how do you know this? Uh, I didn't see anything posted anywhere. And then literally like the next comment, someone, it was irrelevant, but they posted a picture of Shayna in front of her bike and Scott's in the background. He's the only one in the background of the photo. It's like, well, that's <laughs> him right there. You know, that's, that's Shane's manager and not many. He's Scott is not a, um, he don't need the publicity. He's like a behind the scenes manager kind of guy. Like you have the Lucas Myrtles and the guys that, you know, he's uh jet Lawrence's manager and they like the spotlight a little bit more. Like I wouldn't say he's a spotlight chaser, but you know, Scott is behind the scenes hundred percent, just doing what's best for Shana. He helps out Briar. Um, regardless, that's the plan. Um, she, I see her quite a bit, actually. She went and actually babysitted Cruz last night. So me and Amber could go to dinner, but she's Ooh. riding a single, I hear. <laughs> and um, I'm excited, yeah, man. I mean, yeah, I, I'm, yeah. is it, do we know if it's a full season? I don't know. Like, if is she doing a, the whole? I honestly have no idea. Um, I don't really, we don't really talk about racing that much, me and her. I mean, I'm, I'm there to support her any way I can, but I'm busy you know, I'm, you know, managing the first impressions team and I got the Moto America mini cup and I'm rider coaching Trent and Evan and James Ott's here right now. And I'm training Chad. I did a bicycle ride with Chad yesterday. So I got a lot going on with Cruz, but you know, I, I, I think it'll be good. I don't honestly know how long she'll race for. Um, she's not that young. She's not old, but she's not that young. And I'll just on, say she got it. some more in the tank. No, she, she does for tank. sure. But I would, I would <laughs> have liked to see her stay on a twin, um, just because I know she's more than capable of being successful on the twin. People can argue all they want. I've seen her ride twins that fit her, and she would be a fucking problem on some of those miles and half miles on a good twin. Oh, for sure. Um, with that being said, Shana doesn't really, you know, I, I'm always like, well, do you want to look back and say you didn't? do more on a twin and she doesn't care. Like she's so, I don't really, I don't care what people think. I'm like, okay, well, whatever. So she's comfortable on a single. Um, she's got a better shot to win on a single. So uh, I'm not saying she's going to go and win a bunch of races, but she's very capable of going out there and winning still. And if they can get the right bike on her. Yeah. I'm excited for her. It's just, uh, that's awesome. We'll see. We'll see, Rob. Uh, I think we'll have more news soon on like a lot of people. Like obviously Breyer hasn't announced his plans and Bronson, you know, hasn't I mean, announced. Technically his Mies even announced his plans. No, Breyer. I don't think Breyer's announced what they're doing. Oh, Mies? No, no I don't Mies think. too. I don't think a, a lot of these people have. And I think it's going to surprise a lot. Like, 
a lot of riders are switching brands. There's probably 80% of the riders that are riding different brands next year. So if nothing else, that's a little bit of a shakeup, but we're going to have a hell of a pod come February, aren't we? <laughs> we're going to have a good, uh, we'll do a season preview pod. Now that I'm not racing, I can, um, like, I can talk more about like, like maybe we'll like pick who we think is going to win. Like, I didn't really do that before because I was actively racing and, but now I'm, I guess I could, you know, we can dig into it some more, but, um, nice. yeah, man, I, I appreciate you coming on, dude. And, um, blast. I love these get, things, man. Let you get back to it. Sounds good, man. We'll see you. Uh, oh, damn. are you guys, is your team going to that Louisiana race or no? Are you guys done till Daytona or do no, you know? we might do. So Steve Nace, they announced the, the bike week races. So, um, I'd like for Chad and James to get some green lights prior to Daytona. So I think maybe the plan is to do that. I think Cruz is going to run the amateur bike week races. He had a, obviously a lot of people saw, but he wadded his shit up on the moto track last week and broke the maxilla i think it's called in his face so um but the plan is to do those steve nace amateur races support steve and kelly and then let the boys james and chad do the pro classes but i don't think we're doing louisiana that's just far it's just far away and our yeah, bikes aren't our bikes deep. aren't ready yet so um yeah, yeah. hopefully ours are ready because we got uh, we got a bunch of parts but we don't have any completed it's hard to yet. get hard to get parts dude my my 450k uh sorry my 450 yamaha the new one i can't even get air filters for it they don't make them yet so i'm running in the sand in florida three days a week and i don't i have one air filter i'm changing it's like uh it's just with new bikes it's so hard to get parts they just don't exist yet so um yeah it's one of them things but no i appreciate you man and we'll do uh we should do a guest pod here in the near future. We'll get uh, another guest on and, and keep these rolling. So thanks for coming on, Rob. Yes, sir, man. All right. We'll see you on the next one then. Peace, dude. Later. I want to make sure I shout out Real Estate Rispoli, James Rispoli, for supporting the pod. Anybody in Florida, you're looking for a real estate property, Airbnb, you want to get in the mix. Uh, everyone else is in Florida. Everybody's doing it. So call up Rispoli. He's your guy. Anywhere Eastern Florida is his specialty, but he can do pretty much statewide uh, real estate. James Rispola, he's easy to find on social media, and he's the fastest realtor in racing. That is official. We've uh, we've debated it, but yeah, it's official. He's the, the fastest realtor in racing. And I want to give a shout out to Bell Power Sports. Check out bellhelmets.com to view their full line of products. I wear the Race Star Flex, the Moto 10. The quality safety of these helmets is unmatched. If you start tank slapping... You want to be protected by Bell and the shout out to Manscaped. I think we're going on our fourth month together, third or fourth month. So just stoked on their products. The fans, you guys are awesome going online, buying the Manscaped products. If you've, if you've bought the Manscaped through our code and, and you like the product, send us a message. We want to hear it. I, I use it a lot. I mean, I'm a, I'm shaved down arms, legs, everything, face, everything shaved down to a baby seal cuts when i drop the boys on the bicycle ride every fucking day because i'm just they have like hair it just slows them down so check it out manscaped manscaped.com use the code tank slap 20 that's a wrap guys if your question wasn't answered i uh it's really hard for me to keep robbie bobby focused for any longer than an hour so we will we'll get back to the other questions and we are going to do a video pod here again, our second video pod in the near future. We're working on that. 
So stay tuned to that and just subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, leave us a review. All of this really helps keep this pod going. It's, it's a lot of work that they dial this up every week and bring these pods out and we do it because you guys are supporting it. So with that being said, until the next time we out. <laughs>